Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Tuesday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Phil and I must start with an apology. We originally meant to have this show online on Monday, but two varied but very important problems uh, came up that meant we couldn't record on the Monday evening, so we had to push it back 24 hours, so we apologise for that. But at the same time, we're not talking about the weekend's action because really, who cares, other than a lot of pissed up Dundee United fans, about their team's result. And so, therefore, we're just going to move on to the next of our top 12 series, which now is the top 12 wingers in the Scottish Premiership right now. Joining me today is Tony Anderson. Hi, Craig. Hi, Tony. And we're going to be counting down our number 12 all the way through to our number one. Right, so without any further ado, Tony, who's your number 12? I have Dundee's Finest. Paul McMullen. Actually, no, no. You know what? You know what? You know what? <laughs> no. No. I've changed my mind already there. I'm going to have the, the Jam Tarts, Josh Ginelli. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I, I, I've, I've got McMullen, um, but I don't have Josh Ginelli. So we'll, so we'll talk about him first. Okay. I mean, he's the world's most frustrating. He's the most frustrating player on this list, I would say, in terms yes. of um, talent. And output. He's one of those players, um, kind of similar to someone who might come up further in this list of what Alan Forrest maybe was like um, a year or two ago, before he had what arguably his sort of breakthrough season this season. And Janelli has sort of pace to burn. He gets into a lot of crossing position. His, his dribbling stats are are really quite good. He's even got five goals under his belt, which based on the minutes he's played. Is actually decent, but it's just he gets himself into these great positions all the time. His crossing is one of the weakest uh, on the list and out of all the players, really, that we were looking at. Like his, his, his percentages for for like cross completion, and the same for for shots. He's, he hits a lot of shots, and he really, really hits the target. So it's just a ridiculously frustrating player. But uh, on the be on end, all with the 
sort of weaknesses on the long list that you would find. I still thought there was sort of good room for for Josh Ginelli on here. Yeah, he only hits twenty eight percent of the, of his shots on target, ten percent goal I think, conversion. I think, he's, I think he's crossing ability somewhere around about twenty percent as well, which yeah. is really bad. Yeah, yeah, that that really stood out when I was when I was looking at. I'll, I'll have it right here in about one second. I'm literally looking at him now. Yeah, and his crosses per ninety. Uh, he's putting in 4.23, so it's relatively, that's decent, but it's 22%. 22, that's, that's, that's not any good for it's a winger. It's really bad, and then I say these dribblings, dribbling's good, successful dribbling when you're purely going into stats, nearly 10 dribbles per 90, uh, and 55% success rate, but when he gets to that end bit, it's just frustration, frustration, frustration. <laughs> Incredibly, despite the fact he's got such a terrible cross in accuracy, he's still only ninth <laughs> of all players in the Scottish, like, of all wingers in the Scottish top flight this season, which shows you that a lot of wingers this, yeah, this campaign have been quite rubbish. Ginelli is... I really considered having Ginelli. The reason why I ultimately didn't go for him was because I'll often go against picking a, a Celtic or Rangers player if I don't feel like they've really played this like necessarily that well for their team. So I think that there's Ginelli's held to a higher standard because he's a Hearts player, especially a Hearts team that's finished third. And he's not been able to hold down a, a place all season. So I wanted to go with my naturally kind of generous approach to this list and kind of spread the love around other teams as opposed to going for a, a, a like there's one Hearts player I've got on my list as opposed to going for a second Hearts player that I'm not even that much, you know, in love with anyway. What I would also say about Ginelli, I think if you took him for Hearts and you put him on a Livingston or a Motherwell or something like that, I think he would be a, a much more appreciated player and probably stand out more and be just appreciated more by Scottish top flight fans in general because you'd, you'd kind of concentrate more on his highlights and he, he wouldn't get punished for the games where he doesn't really do much by getting dropped out of the team. But also, I kind of think he's a bit of a flat track bully. And mm-hmm. uh, that he was, I mean, he was electric. He didn't play much last season due to injury problems, but he was electric in the games that he did play. And there was then, high expectations of Ginelli There was high expectations because one of those games was the Scottish Cup final against Celtic where he was very good off the bench. But other than that, I can't really try to think this season. I can't remember like a good game he's had against Celtic, Rangers, Hibs. Like the, the bigger teams, he seems to not really do too much. I know he's actually done quite well in a couple of games against Dundee United, but in the really kind of big high pressure games, he's, he's not kind of shown up. Uh, and so again, that maybe suits him if he goes to a, a, like a, like I say a monowall or something. Somebody who's just at the kind of level low at heart. So I think he probably would have a good career there, and, and, and would in that way get on my list. So it's maybe a bit unfair that I held him off, but I just I don't like him enough to be like oh, you know, let me justify the second yeah. heart player. Well, fair enough. I've got two hearts players, and you've only got one. There you go. That just shows the two of us always try to make it look like we're not biased. That's <laughs> Yeah, wait to hear my four hips first. <laughs> that's, that's not even possible. Yeah, even course. if you want to. <laughs> like, it's just not possible. That's, of course, that's of course a lie. Uh, right. You're number 12 is Josh Nellyman. Number 12 is Paul McMullen. Uh, somebody who I think had a better season than a lot of us might have expected. He'd done very well with Dundee last year, but he'd left Dundee United um, after really kind of failing to break into to their side. He'd never really done it at the top like flight level before. He started the campaign on fire, really. He was Dundee's best player for the first month to, to six weeks or so. Cooled off since then, but still been one of their better performers throughout the campaign. Some days just quite old-fashioned, kind of, the last two guys. But even McMullen, he kind of, the way he runs just looks quite old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. At least Girelli kind of runs with his head up and he's kind of kind of gliding a bit more, whereas McMullen is properly like head down, let's run as fast as we can from point A to point B, mm. and then I'll stick my head up and see where I am at this point. And he's 
He's somebody who is can can get into the like a, a not bad pass of the ball as well in the final third. Can doesn't necessarily have to just do it with his crosses, which which to be fair isn't that great anyway. But uh, can can feed through through balls, and it's just somebody that's, that's kind of very good at running and defenders. Both of these last players are, and I do think that's something that even if you aren't you know the best in terms of your final ball, a, def- a winger who makes a fullback have to to really kind of think about his job and just to make them nervous because then that could collapse a whole defence. I think that's a, that's a good skill to have, and uh, yeah, McMullen has it. Um, yeah, I've got I've got McMullen one place higher uh, in in eleventh. Uh, and like you said, a throwback winger. I mean, in a team that lacks, it's not that they've not got any legs anywhere in the park. In the centre midfield, they do have players with legs, but they really lack drive, Dundee. And I really thought they had something going on when they had McCowan and McMullen playing in the wings, but that sort of, they sort of chopped and changed the system. They obviously got rid of the manager. I think McCowan's performances fell off a bit. Yeah, it fell off a cliff. Yeah, in fairness. Um, but McMullen also like he, he he's good intercepting his defensive stats are, are really good. That's something because you don't watch these players every week. The sort of that side of the game is something when I when I'm looking at the stats, I've I've looked at it for quite a few of them. Um, so McMullen's was was really impressive. Over three interceptions uh, per ninety, he's got high winning of defensive duels. It's over fifty percent. I think that's all pretty good for. A, but obviously he is under more. He's done a lot more defensive work than a lot of other players, but yeah, he's got drive, his dribbling skills are really good, and like you say, he's a throwback winger, and we've got so many different names for wide players now, and so many different jobs, that sometimes having one in there who just does the winger job is fun. Right, it's my number 11, I've got Vicente Bujian. Bazuyan. 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 Vicente Bazuyan. Bazuyan. Let's call the whole thing off. From Aberdeen, he just came into Aberdeen in the January transfer window, but I uh, and he's played for an Aberdeen team that's been pretty much dog shite the, the entire time he's been there. But he is, is somebody that impressed me. They've got him on a long term deal. I think that's going to prove to be a, a, a definitely a wise bit of business once, especially once Aberdeen actually get a bit better and can can put better players around them because this is a, a a wide man who can also play up top. He is a goal threat. He likes to cross the ball, uh, and he's very good at crossing the ball as well. Um, certainly a lot better than a lot of the guys uh, on this list. And he, he's not particularly great at beating a man, but he's, he's good at kind of taking the ball from from A to B as well, and, and just kind of moving the, the the team up the pitch. Uh, like the the quickness that he shows, and yeah, he's somebody like I just say. I think he's he's more one for the future, but he's somebody that's talents have kind of stood out to me, and I've been impressed with him, even if his team have continued to be rubbish. Yeah, I've not got Bazawin. Bazawin is what I'm going for. Bazawin, cool. right. that's what I'm going. For. Hey, don't! I can't believe out of all the people on this podcast, you would listen to the pronunciation and go cool after it's me. Still better than me. <laughs> I've no. I'll just. I make it up as I go along. Frequently, I am like sort of Pat Bonner and all that. And the one, <laughs> and one part of uh, that that lets me down, I would say, is my pronunciation of people's names. Uh, I didn't bother. There's a small sample size. Uh, I have been re- pretty impressed. Him. I think he's he's deceptively quite strong. He, he seems to go back for more when I watch him. Like he takes a few kicks because he's 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 tricky. And he, you said he's not that great going past people, but he always wants to. He yeah. does want. He is he is direct. Uh, and I think when he has a better team around him, you will see. Because I went and I've no doubt that we'll see him on the list next season for if I, if I'm doing it. But I just thought for this season, it's a small sample size, and he's still not been normally for a small sample size. I want them to be really really good, and I don't think he's quite done that. Although I would agree, he's probably. In the top twelve wingers in terms of ability uh, in the 
been in the Scottish Premiership. Fair enough. Who do you have at number 10? Ten. Oh, this is quite tough because I've got James Forrest in the list and I had them quite low simply because... I've got the, him at 10. Aye, that's... Yeah, good, well, good. Because I've got... And I also just thought it was a laugh that Alan Fo- his brother was going to be higher than him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. So he's just bursting into his bedroom. He's a bit of a... Oh, they've got bunk beds. He's bursting into the room. Ah, have you listened to this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who the fuck are those guys? <laughs> um, but, yeah, James Forrest, he's still got... He's still played quite a lot this season. I've got it here. He's, sorry, he's still played quite a lot. This season, I think he's played 30, 32 matches. I mean, that'll be in, in all competitions, but he's still been involved for Celtic. He scored a really key goal in the, the semi-final against St Johnston to, to get them to the cup final against Hibs. Uh, he's still got five goals and four assists. I mean, we don't really need to go into real detail about James Forrest. Nobody that'll be listening to this who doesn't know what James Forrest is good at and what he's not. He still deserves his place in this in this top 12. He still gets into the box and he's still... Where he, I always find he's quite composed, and I don't mm. think I, I I don't think previously when he was younger I had that, but now I always I feel like when he gets in the box, he's he's quite calm. Yeah, kind of start around about the the start of the Brendan Rodgers era is when he really kind of developed a, both a final ball in terms of his crossing and in terms of finishing ability as well. But he, he, he used to regularly score over twelve, like over ten goals a season. And because he, 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 it's like he slows down more now when he gets in the box, like you were talking about Paul McMullen and and head down and running. That was James Forrest at a higher level, but that's what brought him on is sometimes stopping and not doing anything or slowing your movement down when you've got the ball will bring better results. And uh, he's still absolutely one of the top twelve wingers in, yes. in, in Scottish football, and he's probably better than number ten as well. If we're really being serious, if oh, Wales like, better. Right, like if you if we're looking at his list, I would say he probably deserves to be sixth mm. on my list overall, maybe fifth. Um, but yeah, I've got about ten just because he's like Celtic fans are kind of like think that James Forrest is pretty much done for them, and that might be the case. Although it's pretty wild to give him a three year deal. Uh, which really was, mm. I mean, fair enough for Celtic for kind of taking care of their players, but football is usually a kind of cutthroat business where you don't usually get a kind of the, the lifetime achievement. Oh, here you go, he's a, he's a, another fat contract to, to unless you unless you took like a big pay cut to be a to be like a a squad regular, but that, that seems a little bit unlikely as well. He's still a very good player. He's just not really the calibre of the, the Celtic teammates that he's got around him at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, the two wingers that we're both going to have extremely high up are streets ahead of, yes. of James Forrest now. Uh, but if he's willing to take a reduced role, maybe not by salary, but a reduced role in the squad, those players are hard to come by and they're normally going to be, if you're Celtic, Scottish players who love the club. Yeah. Um, so maybe they're just thinking... this. He'll be, he'll stay happy. He'll stay for three years. Maybe they think long term. It's maybe a good, a good idea. And who knows? Maybe they just worked something out with him so he can be like a one club man because he's thirty already. He's going to turn thirty one before the start of next season. So when he when he finishes up this contract, he's going to be thirty four. That's around about the age where it's either you retire or you're going to have to go down the lower leagues because you're a winger who, yes, as we've said, he developed uh, an ability to to you know tuck away a chance or deliver a, a good final ball over the course of his career but it's still probably not at the level he, he still really relies on pace an awful lot so once he gets to 34 he's not going to be quite the same player and he's either you know going to have to play for Kilmarnock or just go that that's me I, I, I know some players love football right and and that's great to see 
But I'd find it hard when you've won so much if your James Forrest won, honestly, ridiculous amounts of stuff in Scottish football. And then going, at 34, we'll play for fucking Kilmarnock. <laughs> how can you be arsed? Chris uh, Burke done it. Yeah, but he hadn't won so much in Scottish football. Yeah, he'd, he'd went down south. There was still like, so he, I would understand because James Forrest might be changing. Scott Brown went to Aberdeen. Yeah, yeah, and look how that worked out. He retired <laughs> halfway through the season. He could be fucked. Hearts retired him. Yeah, now, he, now he's, what, well, he's done it at Fleetwood with Stephen Whitaker. That's going to go wrong, by the way, just as an aside. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, so let's get on to your number nine then. My number nine, right. Oh. Oof, see, I, I always have the lesson, I just doubt myself all the time, Craig. So let's go back, let's see. It was going to be... Am I going to be Hungbo or am I going to be Chris Cadden, Craig? I'm going to go... I'm going to go Hungbo because I'm not being biased. I like Chris Cadden and I'm doing it. So I I have Hungbo one place higher than number eight. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, Hungbo... I think it was Ewan that was on the podcast and he said that he thinks he's going to have a higher ceiling than, than Regan Charles Cook, who I'm assuming is going to be higher on, on both our lists, but he, he's... He's really skillful, he's really direct, he's really strong, he's really powerful, all those cliches get from a wide player. His numbers stand up all right, he's got seven goals, three of them are penalties, but four goals and three assists as a, as a young player settling at Scotland when it took that team he was playing for what, half a season to really start getting anywhere. And and he's got, he's very good in front of goal, he hits the target a lot, yes. he's 40% of his shots hit the target, he hits it with pace as well, his shots, it's not like... He doesn't always have to place them, which you'd always think with people who've got high target hitting, you think it's because they play shots a lot. Hungbo can can hit it. And, I mean, that free kick he scored was possibly goal of the season, to be honest. I mean, that's, oh, it was outrageous. It's like so far out. And those things matter. And he's like eight dribbles per 90. That showed a guy who takes a lot of responsibility, wants to go and get the ball again, despite being a young player here. So he deserves his place on the list. And it'd be... I'd be nice to see a player that I don't think will happen, but see when they, you see them getting better in Scottish football like that, that they get another, they come for one more year and we see them sort of, when they've developed and they're, and they're comfortable in their surroundings, but uh, normally they just, they end up, oh, they've done all right, they'll probably get a wee contract down south somewhere. <laughs> I don't know, I think often the lone players you get back for the second season are often rubbish. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. Jamie McLaren comes to mind. Jamie McLaren, uh, Patrick Robertson have a great second season at Celtic. Uh, uh, they were about to sign him recently. I saw that, that's what the guys at like Gigpod, I saw it going on there. Um, they started like last season, they were trying try to bring in Patrick Roberts and the, the club, um, or no, they was going to try and bring him in this season and Poster Coglu turned it down. Oh, right. Yeah, like, what? Why? Why? Just, Lazy. People love nostalgia. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, the, yeah so Hungbo, ah, yeah, I've got, um, well, I'm going to say my number nine now, uh, because you, you've assumed wrong, Tony, my friend, uh, and I'm going to shock you. My number nine is Reagan Charles Cook. Oof. Uh, and I have Hungbo a place above him, because I just, I think already, I think Hungbo's better. I think he's a better all-round player. I think Reagan Charles Cook has had a, a, a very good season overall, but he really, if really want to... I mean, we'll have to remember that Reagan Charles Cook was... I mean, he didn't look like much at all in English... He'd run the ball at the pitch. In lower league football, in English lower league football. Then he came to Ross County's first season. It was absolute rubbish. <laughs> and then he was he was very good this season. Let's not take away from him. Very good this season. Got nominated for a Player of the Year award. I'd say at the time it was definitely deserved. But when you kind of just look at his season overall, even this campaign, it just really kind of screams to me, purple patch. Like a, just an absolute once-in-a-career purple patch. Do you want to know the biggest stat 
behind Purple Patch. Goal conversion, 26%. So one in every four shots, he scores. <laughs> that's fucking high. <laughs> I don't think, I'm going to say I don't think that's going to keep up for the rest of his career. But I, I think uh, if a player, I've got it much higher, because uh, I think season to season, why can't, the guy's been fucking brilliant this season. He scored 13 goals for Ross County. His movement off the ball has been absolutely exceptional. He doesn't get himself, he, he can either go deep and, and drive with the ball, or a lot of the time when I've watched him at County, they actually use him uh, to play on the shoulder, uh, and, and he comes in and plays centrally sometimes, and he's been a revelation this season. I think when someone's a revelation, they, sh- they probably deserve to be in the top half of, of, of this list, but... It's only season to season. And like you say, we can just say what we want in terms of what the criteria is for each position. <laughs> yeah, so I talked about his purple pack. Okay, so it did start at the, the beginning of the campaign. Um, although, to be fair, he only had... So he had two goals by the end of October, and then he scored twice in the, the 5-0 win at Dundee, and then he really went on a tear. But his last goal came in the 3-1 win over St. Johnson in mid-February, so he's not scored for 1, 2, three 3, months. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 10 games. And 10 games in 3 months. So that's... It, it really is just screaming to me. This guy wasn't actually that good to begin with. Yeah. He's just like confidence flowing through him, just like scoring these goals. And I, I just do think as well, like I've been seeing him, uh, the both of them in the last couple of weeks. I do think Humble is possibly. Uh, I, I actually think he is the better player. Yes, I think, I think he's, better, he's better. Better running with the ball. Um, his touch is better. Aye, and not as great as shooting this season. This is the thing that's really stood out for Reggie Charles Cook is just how good he has been at shooting this campaign. But yeah, and the let's variation. See, let's see if that can stick. The variation of his finishing has been good as well. Like I've seen him when he's running one-on-one with the goalkeeper, he just goes high and he riffs it and stuff. I'm like, that's fucking... Br-. But again, that screams confidence, confidence, confidence. And um, I said before, it would be better for him to take a mid-step before going down south, but... If it really is a purple patch, get down there and make your money. It's yes, I make your money now before anybody else finds out, Regan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it'll be your, interesting to see your him. secret safe with me and the people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> Hibsley, I mean, it was you, Joel. I think we're saying it as well. If he signs, I was all for it. Hibs, I'm signing for Hibs, Aberdeen, or Hearts or something. But the more and more and more you think about it, you'll be fucking rank. It will be. It definitely <laughs> will be. Even when we were first saying that, I was like, "This is this is definitely going to go wrong before I sign him." <laughs> Like, I've got a lot of high hopes of, like, Hartside, Conor Ronan or Dylan Levitt, but, uh, yeah, I just, I'm just, I'm almost certain, almost certain that if Hartside, Reagan, Charles Cook, he'd be rubbish. <laughs> right, let's uh, move on to your number eight. Um, let's go for Christopher Cadden. I have him higher. Have you? Yeah. Okay. Mm, I should, maybe I should have him I should have fun but I've said it now um, <laughs> he's probably a bit spurious to count him as a winger it has to be said he maybe should have gone and it's difficult when we had him because we had full backs and then we've got wingers and he was a wing back uh, the entire season yeah he's not either really is he uh, he's not he's not like a he's not I don't think he's good enough defensively to be an out and out full back and you also wouldn't call him he's not like he doesn't play as advanced enough to be called a winger so, so yeah, he's actually I think he is actually a wing back. Yeah, I know there are these. We wouldn't do it in our list. <laughs> no, no, because plus because these players are are few and far between where they actually do fall at this. Because wing back, oh, I'm happy to be corrected. Seems like it was it was invented in our lifetime as a as a p- position that you played. Uh, but three at the back wasn't that common when. I uh, think it went through a stage in the late 80s, mm-hmm. uh, or mid mid to late 80s, or maybe early 80s. I think Argentina, maybe one of the. 
Because that was the whole inverting the pyramid thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. I think, the Argentine See, I wanted to read that, team. and then I realised I'm not a fucking dick. <laughs> well, well, I read it, and I, I, I can be a dick. Case closed. Because <laughs> uh, I wanted to read it. It got very dry. I'm not going to lie. It got very dry at points, but uh, it was overall quite a decent read. Because uh, I wanted to, and I, I, am actually, I liked my tactics and all that. You know what I do, but to the point where I'm starting to read it, I'm like, wow, but this is dry. What I would say is that the invention of the Chris Cadden style wing back is probably a bit more recent mm-hmm. where you just have these absolute athletes uh, on the yeah. wing just covering two positions all game long. And as stats, I don't, but I'll not go to stats first. I'll do it like as, as a player, um, I, I, for him, so he just won player of the year. Uh, he's been an absolute driving force. He's never let the team down at one point. He's even scored a few key goals, including a cross against Livingston. Uh, and he scored he scored at Hamden, but he, he really took a lot of responsibility for, for Hibs this year in a in a campaign where it was really, really poor. And he never seemed to let everyone else because other players, Kevin Nisbet, Doidge, uh, I'll just use them as an example, they seem to really drop off based on the whole team. Uh, whereas Chris Cadden, it was like just complete responsibility was on it to get the ball, never shucks it. Works his socks off, gets up and down, and then his, his stats back up like wing back. It screams at like seventy percent dribbling, which I was really impressed with. Seventy percent sort of dribbling, obviously six point three five crosses per ninety, which wasn't a shock at all. One of the highest in the league, I think, apart from Jota, because Cadden loves to cross. Yes, whether it's good or not, that's up for debate. I haven't bothered checking what the percentage was because it wasn't going to make my point. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's it's a good mark. I've, I don't know. I don't have the the precise number to date, but he was in the top ten for the winners, mm. number eight. Um, and then you've got sixty percent of offensive duels won, fifty percent of aerial duels won, which I thought was quite interesting because obviously he's yeah. forced to. He's forced to. You'll get the balls that get kicked out from the goalkeeper that will go into his side after win, and obviously defending a back post from time to time. Interceptions, forty-five percent interceptions a game. Um, so he's really rounded. The stats back that up, as well as what most people would see with their eyes. And uh, I'm delighted. I hope he, I hope he stays at Hibs. And whether he plays in a with Hibs revert to four at the back and Harry Clark stays and Cadden's in front of him or three at the back, I think Cadden its place is, is, is secure at Hibs now. He loves a, a charge down the wing, and he, he <laughs> yeah. really runs with a lot of power. When, <laughs> when he when he gets motoring, you're kind of like, oh, like, what's this guy about to do? And his crossing's excellent as well, as we've said. He, like, he's improved so much over the season because of how many times he's done it. He's practised. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also like a, a pretty good like defensive player as well, somebody who's uh, good at interceptions. One thing I'd maybe say about Cadden, uh, and maybe this is to do with the fact that he is in the wing-back role and it's a little bit harder because he didn't have as much freedom to, to kind of move inside. I think that other than his crossing ability, he doesn't really have any kind of other moves in which to set up teammates in and around the penalty box. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see him do any kind of tricky through balls or, or pick a pass that nobody else kind of sees. He'll never do. He'll never make a pass as an underlap or something from like yeah. a player coming in behind him. Uh, one thing he started to do is vary his crossing a bit more and um, I'd done this on the when I when I was on the TV show and I had to do him as my secret sauce, but I had to cover the bottle because he was in a motherwell strip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> True story. Uh, and then um, so he, he always gets to the he, like before it was always byline drilled across, but he did start to cross a bit more for deeper. You saw him like he would take the crosses early. He did start to to mix that up, but as you said. Always across. There was once in a show where uh, uh, Joel wasn't happy afterwards because he, he was talking about Junior Barras and then it showed a clip of uh, Jonathan Abika doing something. 
<laughs> oh no! Oh no! We've done a, we've done an accidental racism there, haven't we? Not again. <laughs> We're not as bad as SNS, to be fair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the SNS captions, some of them are wild. <laughs> right, um, so yeah, number eight, I had Hungbo. Uh, you had Cadden, so who's your number seven? Um, Scott Wright. I'm going to go for. All right, I've got him higher. Yeah, I could I could have him higher, but I'm, I'm now the Regan Chance cook. Uh, I, know, I, I know some players you've got higher, but I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely not. And, I, and I'm a big Scott Wright fan, but there was part of me that was even thinking about not having Scott Wright in it. And if it wasn't for the sort of late surge, yeah, um, he probably wouldn't have made it for the simple reason that we were talking about earlier, that he don't, he's not playing an awful lot and he hasn't stood out in the games that he has played for Rangers. I was a big fan. I think I was one of the few people who thought that he could make something out of his time at Rangers when he done. I, I was, I, I love, I like watching Scott Wright play. Like he takes care of the ball really well. He's yeah. got, a great first touch. His technique is outstanding. Yeah, and the very, very. He doesn't look like a Scottish player. And I don't mean well. Sorry, not a old Scottish player. Yeah. Like, now, now we are getting these players much more and more now. But um, Scott Wright, he, he does seem to to play in quite a European style. And in recent weeks, when they've needed him, he's really come forward. I mean, he got that goal against Motherwell, which was a, was a big goal at the time. And obviously, they've got with with ten men. It was a really good finish. And then in the European games, he played in the away game. And he was he was okay, he wasn't great. But then in the home game against Leipzig, I think he, um, he set up he set up Kamara's goal with a with a beautiful touch, which was very Scott Wright. I thought that was like very just subtle subtlety to, to his game, uh, and 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 I like him a lot. But yeah, I, the only reason I've got him lower is because again he's not played that much. So I was trying to find a middle ground between having him in there but not having him too high. But um, he gets in the box a lot, and in terms of the cold tart stats. Six um, six goals, two assists, and I've, his dribbling success is really good. I've always really liked Scott yeah. Wright, ever since his debut season at Aberdeen, where he was kind of excellent for the first like two or three months and then kind of fell off a cliff. I still kind of, I think I still had him on my top 12 wingers of that season because I, I just was that big a fan of him, even though he really kind of barely kicked the ball for about four months. Uh, and then it really didn't kind of happen. He got worse at Aberdeen. He kind of went to loan spells. I remember seeing him at Dundee, and it was like, oh, he's really kind of not progressed at all. He's not doing anything other than running the ball and running it to folk. But he's really, like last season where he started off just like, just kind of emerged in that 3-4-3 three, three, and he's kind of, he's not, I would say he's kept up, he's not, what he's not done is, is gone up the, the the level required, that's maybe a little bit unfair, he's gone up a level at Rangers but he's not gone up the level required, he's not gone up the level to match his new teammates kind of thing, he's not, he's basically not become as good as Ryan Kent um, or Joe Rebo or, or something like that and that's what you have to do when you've got Rangers and some players do manage to do that, like Neil McCann famously go for Hearts to Rangers and went up at even other, another step in his career and was excellent. But you get a lot of guys who go and just can't quite do that. Scott Wright's kind of in between right now. I wouldn't be surprised either way what happens mm-hmm. next season if he actually makes himself a proper Rangers first team regular and is a guy that can score like 10 goals and create a lot of stuff and be like, you know, a, a player of the year candidate or somebody who barely plays for them next season and ends up being the next Brandon Barker or something along those lines. But he is somebody who he can move with the ball excellently, he's creative and he's a goal threat. And that's, I mean, he's... I mean, it looks like a, a you know a short, sharp fart would blow him over, but in terms of his attacking abilities, he's got really everything you'd kind of want. He's got a low centre of gravity, though. Yeah. You, like, so like, it, I don't see him get really bullied and pushed off the ball too often. He's had a really topsy-turvy time this season at, at Rangers, where times you like, you really didn't think he was going to make it. And then, like I said, this, the, the later on... But I would be positive thing is, 
over the length of time, towards the end, he's been able to step up and he's been able to find that. So maybe it's just taken him the season to really accept who he is, get comfortable in his own skin at, at that team. And like you say, it's it's a huge season from next season because Van Bronckhorst, while he might, Van Bronckhorst obviously trusts him a yeah. bit. He's still choosing him over other options. He could do other things. And he is going for for Scott Wright. So he probably will get a, a good go at this next season and I, and I hope he does. Or it's like you and said, and you say he's destined to be a Hibs player. And for that, I'm more than happy for him to fail at Rangers and come to Hibs as well. Right, my number of seven is the man who thinks he's too good to immediately sign a pre-contract with Hearts and is leaving them waiting. It's Alan Forrest. Good. Good, I'm glad <laughs> to see you like, noising Hearts up. Uh, I thought he'd be biting Hearts' hand off. That's that. What the fuck are you? Because yeah. <laughs> this is, he's, as I said earlier, this is a breakthrough season yeah. for Alan Forrest. Because I used to think of him as the most basic winger with like two attributes. Yeah. Uh, like crossing. And he, he liked to get the You're saying score. last season was a breakout, yeah. Yeah, Aye. yeah. Yeah, and he's, uh, he kind of had a rough start to this campaign, but Aye. he's really turned it on. He basically turned it on as soon as there was the threat to be sold to St. Johnston. Aye, yeah, yeah, that packed. <laughs> like, oh, no, oh, no. So he's really, he's, he's really, he's, he's really come on and... Nobody wants that. He's, yeah, well, definitely not. I mean, they would definitely have stayed up if they went for Alan Forrest, so you understand it. Yeah. Aye. Well, you know, that's exactly who they were lacking. They lost David Witherspoon. They've never really yeah. replaced him. And um, he was like, no, I don't know what... A, play with that other collection of shite you've no. got going on there yeah, and he really really tore it up and you're saying as I said he seems to have put his whole game together and also his um, his work rates went much higher when I've watched him yeah, yeah the, that shows in the stats as well he's in both the top 10 for wingers in terms of defensive duels per 90 and defensive duels one so he is a for a wide player a very good defensive player and that also goes along with the fact that he's great with running. He's tr- tremendous, one of the better players in this list in terms of his running ability. Does it loads, very good at it. He's also got a bit of creativity to him. And he's, a, most important of all, he's a real big goal threat. Absolutely, yeah. He'd like to be Arjun Robbins, cutting inside and curling it in. Um, he's he's also got five bookings this season, which interests me. I know like these things just stand out because they all latch up to that work rate. And it's Martindale's done it again. And Martindale strikes me as someone who wouldn't be precious about why a player's able to to, li- to lift their game. Like, he won't think, oh, a prick wants to leave Livingston, he's only doing it now. He'll just harness it yeah. and, and use it. Uh, I, the only guy who'd really fallen out was Scott Robinson, and that yeah. must have been something Yeah, there must be something personal going on there. I think so, yeah, because he's not bored about him uh, with that, and I think Martin Dale, in his heart of hearts, knows that Livingston, he'll be dealing with this pretty much every season if, yeah. if he's doing well, and he's got players that are performing well. Um, so yeah I mean and then again seven goals and four assists is really really good to be involved in 11 goals especially when as I said the season didn't really start till Sir Johnson knocked on the door <laughs> um, but he dribbles constantly he's carrying it so yeah I mean he's this season he's turned into sort of like the archetype perfect Scottish Premiership winner really right so he's my number seven who's your number six number six let's go for well I had Alan Forrest then Okay, well, I had Chris Cadden. So, who's your number five? Regan Charles Cook. There we go. <laughs> a lot higher than I had them. Uh, just, uh, I think, I think we've fairly we've got found the middle ground for him. Exactly what it should be, really. Um, Aye. So I went. You went five. I went nine. So it's probably about seven. Uh, <laughs> well, it's seems a bit right. Um, right. My number five was Scott Wright. So we move on to your number four. Billy Mackay. Billy, Billy McKay? Billy <laughs> McKay. He's, my He's back. Four. He's my number four as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I, I, I've had my jokes about <laughs> Billy McKay. <about> <laughs> it's, it's the strikers list of 2014. Um, 
But yeah, I mean Barry McKay. The shot assist king. <laughs> yeah, and that that is good. And I noticed that like it, it is important. I mean, he is constantly creating chances. A few other guys in this list that also have big shot assists. I think Hungbo was another one that was that was really good for that. McMullen. But yeah, he's been huge. He respond- it's because other players, Hearts round the pitch have performed. And the be- probably the best thing about Hearts is how much they have a goal threat and attacking threat from all over the pitch. But I feel like Mackay's had to shoulder a lot in the attacking sense, especially before Ginelli came. Because, mm-hmm. I'm um, sorry, not Ginelli, uh, Sims came. Yeah. Because no one else is really stepping up. Gary Mackay Stephen, not really. No. Ben Woodburn, no. Not really. <laughs> Um, Adam McAdoo, no. So these guys just aren't Ginelli, what not not doing it. So it's like Mackay had to be a hit yeah. as a signing, which is quite a pressurised position to be in, especially for Byron Mackay, who's had a bit of an up and down career. Right. Um, but no, he's, he's, he's sorry, his ability's never been in question. He's such an easy player on the eye, even like the way the hair bobs and stuff. It screams. Reverse pass merchant like Scott Allen. <laughs> it does. It's like they have to have. He's a, got a short haircut now. Uh, so. Yeah, but you have to have a certain look. Just bring it back. Uh, they have to have a certain look. Kind of guys that are going to play side rules with the outside of their foot or reverse through balls. Uh, but Mackay's also big into his crossing. I just feel he's had to shoulder a huge amount of responsibility in a creative sense up top for Hearts, and he's and he's pulled it off. He's assists uh, but he's just under um, Jota in yeah. terms of like, the most. I think he's got twelve or thirteen. Um, yeah, brilliant. He's somebody like if we're, if we're going to go with anything um, negative about Barry Mackay, there's um, probably th- two, three things to cover. One, he probably should run with the ball a bit more than he does because he's actually quite good at it when he when he does do it. Um, he should score more often than he does. Uh, he does miss a few chances and also as well maybe doesn't get in the opportunities as much to score as much as his, his talents would allow him to uh, if he does. Getting to the right areas and number three, not the best of defensive players um, compared to some of the other guys. That's not like he's a big liability either, but he's 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 obviously quite slight as well, and that's I think a big reason why he failed in the English Championship. Mm. And there, was, there were times where when you saw the Cloggers League, ah, you saw like Forest fans arguing about him and saying like someone was saying, "Oh, he was brilliant at times," and I was like, "Aye," but then he was like rubbish when went missing for a lot of it, and it's like that's a league where. Strength and fitness really are your kind of main two attributes. Really. Unless, unless you're, unless you are a EPL level talent, yeah, then it really is the guys like you see, like Jake Pezu and Loic Demore had good seasons in the championship. Like <laughs> that's that's wild to any Hearts fan because like, they shouldn't be playing at that standard because they don't have the technique to do it up here. Barmakai obviously just plays it suits playing in Scottish football much more. But what he does have is two things that marry together very very well for any attacking player. He has exceptional vision mm. and he has exceptional passing ability. A variation in the passing yes. as well. It isn't all just the one thing we were talking earlier about Cadden, how it's always the same thing. Whereas Mackay, it's, it can be crossing. He's, he's crossing actually. I checked that out because I was quite interested. Well, I've, I've got it here. He's in the top three for all these... Sorry, he's in the top two for all these stats. He's number two for expected assist per 90, crossing accuracy and key passes. And he's number one for smart passes, accurate passes to the penalty area percentage. And progressive passes. Well, there you go. That's all about creativity. That's yeah. basically the whole, <laughs> the whole globe of creativity. And he's, and he's got. All, and I see like the only thing where it, he's, he's balancing out is, is, is the goals. Yeah. He, he should have scored more goals. Even not something that I'm hugely fond of, but the XG is five point three, and he's only scored two. Yeah. So that is that's the only sort of side. And if he can get even up to 
seven goals, another five. And if he's kicking about seven goals and thirteen assists next thing, if you're involved in twenty goals, you are a you're a very big attacking threat. I think he is capable of it as well. Um I think the longer it went on without him getting a goal after first joining, that might have played on his mind a bit. And also, as well, if you look at kind of his stats at other teams, he usually, like, he didn't play as, quite as often as he did at Hearts, and he's still got three or four goals. So if you imagine he plays every game for Hearts, he should be looking at about six and or that seven. goal he did score was fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I, I imagine he might do it next season. Okay, so now we're into the top three. Now, we've definitely got the same three here. Mm-hmm. But it's just, and I think we've got the same number one. But it's just about the order of two and three, which I think is the interesting part. So, who is your number three? That's Ryan Kent. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I have a bit too, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm really not fully content with this pick. I mean, a, a bad as numbers just cannot be. Yeah, t- but it's just that Ryan Kent, Ryan Kent is a winger or a, and a big player in Europe on a team that's going to be in the Europa League final. And mm. that's kind of where, that's what pushed me ahead of, Abada for me and also as well I think Abada's definitely definitely undoubtedly had a better season in Scottish football than, than Ryan Kent has and even though the European games but, but, but for me Ryan Kent's got a more he's been great for more seasons mm-hmm. and Abada Abada's his debut season so there's a bigger sample size to say he's a very good player mm-hmm. and so that's and yeah so but I said I'm, I'm, I'm not happy I'm not that happy about it so I'd you know if if you could possibly convince me the other way, I might, I might do it. But I think I'm, I think I'm fine. Well, Kent, I think because uh, Ryan Kent, I, as you can see by what I try to do is I do try to try to get wood season by season when mm. I when I do these, wood. and I do try to like keep it, uh, like I do pay respects to what you've done this season. And I think when a guy's banging in fifteen goals and ten assists, and like a bad is at like what twenty one um, year old, it's pretty chock-a-block that's wildly incredible Kent in Scottish football terms see if he'd had a good season I would have had him second coupled with the European season he's not been that good in, in, the, in the Scottish top yeah. flight he's um, I, well, he's got three goals uh, maybe only two goals in the league that's not really good enough for a guy who you think of as certainly one of the most talented players in the league and he's a guy I rate and the European ones as well it's only really when the when the knockout started that Kent started going wild. Mm-hmm. And like the, the, don't get wrong, the Dortmund performance in terms of level of opposition, what's at stake, uh, and what Kent done. You're talking like one of the best sort of performances from an attacking player by any Scottish like sort of Scottish uh, Scottish football player. And yeah. um, in, in years, he was absolutely superb. Like you're going back to like when. So Celtic, Celtic were when Larson and Hearts and all that. When you're thinking about an attacking player, who was having Larson like really was like like causing every team absolute bother. And Kent was a thorn in their side, but I can't ignore the 38 games where he's really not done it um, for in in the Scottish top flight. That's that's basically where I, where I came to with that. Yeah, but. That's fair, but I still think he's got pretty much... His goal record, I think, this year is something that's really stood out. It's been quite a disappointment as well because you're kind of waiting on the campaign where Kent scores like at least a dozen goals in like a league season and it's not it's not happened yet and it, it certainly didn't happen this year. But he is still, still somebody that shoots the ball very well. He's, he's very creative in the final third. His crossing's very good. He's good at running with the ball. He's good at advancing the ball. 
there's not an awful lot to really kind of dislike about Ryan Kent. And yeah, I've just got him higher than Nevada because of his overall uh, collection of work in Scottish football. Uh, it's rating a bit higher for me. But Abada, let's get to him now because I'm going to assume he's our number two for both. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's very good. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just what I love about him is it's. His off the ball is just as good as he's on the ball, and normally that's something that maybe take a bit of time mm-hmm. um, for for such a young player and for him to be. And I mean, this is this is credit to to, to Postacoglu, especially I'm assuming with with the constant coaching, um, his ability to sniff out a chance when the ball's at their side. He's never switching off, uh, and you know you can ask Borna Barisic how annoying it is, um, and and Abada's just like so good to to get himself to be that. Um, to post those numbers and be so aggressive in his movement to b- put him into like a centre forward berth, really regularly at that back post. You wonder as he gets more and more experienced and these things that would normally these attributes that come normally with experience, but where the where the ceiling would be for 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 a guy like that because he he doesn't play like a sort of young player whatsoever. No, no, he certainly doesn't. Uh, it, it, it actually blows my mind that he was nineteen when he first joined <laughs> Celtic as well. Uh, he's just yeah, as you say that that's archetypal inside forward that you get these days that kind of plays in the wing but acts as a forward and just kind of smashes those diagonal runs into the box and causes mayhem all the mm. time. That's just what he's so good at in terms of getting into the box so often and, and making things happen. But also, someday as well, that again, kind of just as everything else we've talked about, like he's, he's in the top five for expected assists for all these wingers. He's in the top five for shots. He's in... Just outside the top five for dribbling success, he's yeah, like key passes in the top five as well. He's again just very, very good. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And again, these and Kent and Kent, as I say, Kent's Kent's fucking brilliant. I played the, 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 um, but I'm I'm splitting hairs here, um, and and Kent's absolutely brilliant. But these are the players that are actually start to make me worry. That like, how long? Are we not, and especially if they're both getting into the Champions League, which is a start possibility next season, how far away are we till Celtic and Rangers lose to no one apart from each other in a whole season? Yeah. Not far away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the good guy, like you're talking about Kent, Abada and Jota, these guys are wilds ahead of the players they even had like five, six years ago. It'll be fine. There's only one disaster. There'll be a disaster coming There's soon. All, and no well, someone back. has to do it. Aye. <laughs> someone has to do something. But the problem is, is that uh, even if Rangers are being mismanaged, which I don't know, I'm not claiming they are, but even if they are, their, their European exploits are going to hide it all because the money's just going to keep pouring in. Yeah, well, aye, aye. <laughs> especially if they win uh, um, tomorrow. So, I mean, and then and, and Jota, just a number one, obviously, for both of us. Wow. Yeah, what aye, a he's... fucking player, man. <laughs> <laughs> Not the, not the best of defenders, though. <laughs> but who cares? <laughs> Seriously, who cares when you're as good as him? His, his crossing ability, like, he crosses so much and he's so good at it as well, but he's not just, like... So we've had wingers like this in the past in Scottish football who are just all about kind of whipping the ball in. If you think of, like, Johnny Hayes at his peak at Aberdeen, he would whip the ball in non-stop. I think one season he was, like, up there in terms of crossing percentage and was, num- like, number one or number two for how many crosses he actually attempted in the entire league. But obviously with Johnny Hayes, you're not getting the kind of goals. So you get you often get guys like that. Jota scores loads of times, sets up loads of goals from just kind of normal, regular play with kind of through balls and, and you know, key passes and stuff like that. And also whips in a tremendous ball and can beat any man going as well. He's, he's, 
He's, he's attempted the most the most uh, dribbles in terms of trying to beat a defender in the entire league, uh, and is very good at it as well. <laughs> so he's, he's absolutely electric. Yeah, and like, is he the best player in the league? Ah, I, I think yes. Pure talent, purely talent. Yeah. Obviously, you'll have ups and downs, uh, and and so like Kyogo would probably be the other one, and I'm sure Rangers fans would would moan and moan at me, even though I would think I always think Rangers is they're a bit of a machine, and also mm. Rangers have. Uh, I've, I've spent a lot of time together. They've got a group of players, and that's what shown in Europe because it's got better and better and better every season. They've kept a core team together, which is brilliant. Rather than having, obviously, Kent is one of those individuals, and Morelos is one of those individuals. But pure talent, like I mean, Jota looks like uh, like I just players you just don't see here. Like they come to Scottish football. Like Kent's the only one. Him and Kent are the only players that I know in Scottish football that can do that thing, you know, when they just completely stop dead and then can accelerate away from a player from a standing start. And those players are few and far between around the world. I yeah. mean, you're normally on Kent in every league. Ones who can do that specific skill, which is the hardest thing to defend in the world, because if someone stops, you have to stop. <laughs> like, yeah. You're a defender. And if they're able to just boost ahead of you and accelerate... Quickly, it's just it's, it becomes impossible to stop. Like there, that's always like that's the actually that always stands out for me when I'm watching the best when I'm watching the Champions League and the knockouts and players that are able to do that. And there's only a few of them. Kent and Jota can actually do that as well. Uh, but Jota, he, he's also got that running style where he's, his legs, he, he's tall mm-hmm. and as well. So like he's got big strides as well as being quick. So I'm not saying when I'm doing it, but like Cristiano Ronaldo, like again Portuguese in that. He's big. He's got all the physicals, but he still has the the faint, faint feet. So like when you combine that, it just becomes so so hard to fucking stop. And they, he was doing the one. The, the, I think at the weekend there, I was watching the highlights. Pissed, I'll be honest. And then <laughs> I knew that from uh, your WhatsApp messages. Uh, but do you want me to read out some of them? Oh, like, Christ, Jesus! <laughs> Hang on, it was just the fact that you said it was one of them. You said, "Let me get to it." It was one of them. When literally, all you wrote to me was sixty-one points, and I knew exactly what you meant. <laughs> I knew you meant that Hearts had finished third by a mile, only sixty-one <laughs> points. It was just that that was all you said. <laughs> 61 points. Less than what fucking hips are. Ah, here we before. go. There we go. Right. 12, 12.43 in all caps. Blair. 12.43. Just normal writing. Spittle. <laughs> 12.45. Nikki Clark goal. Clark is spelt wrong. 12.45. Brilliant. 12.45. As good as it gets. 12.49. 61 points. <laughs> just, for, just be sports scene. Basically, just each scene of sports scene, I'm just pissed back to you. 12.49, my gosh. 12, sorry. Uh, 102am. Uh, Wingers, uh, two sweat laughing emojis. 102am, uh, it's extremely simple. 103am, Jot is the best winger by a mile. <laughs> That's not even up for discussion. And then I went to bed. Yeah. And literally right after that, I remember, because I got a message from Andy saying, Go to bed. Because <laughs> I've been in, I went to the pub with Duncan after the, the Hibs game and I had a few pints and I came back at about half ten or something. I had something to eat and I was like, oh, I sat there and I was like, oh, the sports are on. I was like, I had a still a wee bit pissed and I was like, okay, well, I'll have a San Miguel. And I'm just watching, end up watching sports in a match day. It's the only time I ever watch match a day is if I'm pissed. Yeah. I never go and watch it. Just like, oh, I'll put it on the night away. Funny. Um, but yeah, and like Jota was like, he was just knocking the ball past people and running around them and it looked like he was going to, he meant to pass it. But the guy was offside, so left it. Jota's just quick enough to even, by mistake, get round the yeah. outside and then go and catch it at the other side. Um, he, he's pretty good in the air, Jota, uh, for his size. And again, just like when we were talking about 
um, a few other, I can't remember who it was. You said maybe one of the other ones is going to be, he's here for a good time, not a long, not a long time. time and that's, that's certainly Joe. If he's, I meant to make me gone now, actually. I, I think, the Celtic, no, I, I don't they've know. Got, they can't, they've, they've got an agreement they can buy him for six and a half million, but he has to do it. Okay, right. Like, that's how they, people forget when these, the, 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 the well, fees. Well, you say that, but when Hart signed Schedule in 06, after he did his one season and he wanted to leave, Hart's was just able to sign him because I think he'd already agreed to the terms. He, so I think they've only agreed right, with it. the club. Right. And the club were starting to want to offer him a new contract as well because he's been so impressive there. And who knows what he's going to do. I mean, they'll... Be breaking the bank to get him in because you will make your money back. My old mate Muffin from uh, Ibiza, uh, he put it on Dwayne. Uh, he put it on uh, Twitter uh, to, um, was it yesterday. I think it was yesterday, and he got loads of got loads of likes for it, saying, "Oh, I found John Ibiza because he works in Ibiza like full time." Um, and he said, asked him, <laughs> he asked him, "What's happening? What's up with the contract?" Him and Carter Vickers both said, "It's uh, summer's a long time." That's not a good thing to hear. No. Because uh, I saw that they were on a, tr- a plane and there was those Rangers fans. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Starfelt as <laughs> really well. Really think about things. He said Starfelt was a lovely man. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Still plays like he's wearing jeans sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> right, that'll do us. Thank you very much to everybody for listening. Thank you to Tony for joining me. Anytime. And we will be back later this week with, hopefully, we should be able to do with Tony and Tom a preview of the Scottish Cup final and a review of Rangers Europa League final against Eintracht Frankfurt. So make sure to tune into that. And if you'd like to hear even more than that, then you can head over to the Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast. The latest £2 podcast to go up was from Ali Heller and Sean Dillon talking for 40 minutes about Dundee United season. So if you're a Dundee United fan, definitely get involved in that. Like I said, that's only on the £2 tier, but there's lots of other good stuff going out on the £4 tier. £4 tier? It's £5. What am I getting the words wrong? Including myself and Craig Anderson, which I'm going to go home immediately after this and record it, doing our yearly, what we call, Y-Scout rankings. Ranking the teams from 12 to 1 in terms of how entertaining they were to watch over the course of the season. Mm. That's going to be tough this year. <laughs> yeah, aye, let's, uh, basically, I shite. But there's some that have got like quite high. Like I've got Dundee quite high because they were a laugh. All oh, right, okay, aye. <laughs> you're gonna have to be fast and loose with what you mean by entertaining. I. But they're all still entertaining. Yeah, they don't have to be. Good. They don't have to be good to be entertaining. Dundee are Dundee are always entertaining. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Right. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Goodbye. Cheers. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.